Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Adam Rosen. Adam is an entrepreneur who loves to support business owners and share his roller coaster startup journey to help those on a similar path. He's the founder of Email Outreach Company, where they do automated email outreach to get startups on more sales appointments without the hassle. Thanks so much for being here today, Adam. Diane, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thrilled to have you here. So let's dive right into this. What is cold email? Cold email can be those annoying emails that we receive that we just want to throw into spam or delete. So that is definitely part of cold email. Um, but more specifically, what is cold email? It's uh, we don't know the contact. We don't know this individual. We've never connected with this individual. They've never opted into anything. So it's a cold, you know, quite literally cold outreach with uh, the goal typically of cold outreach, at least the way we do it, is to set up a sales appointment so that we can create a one-on-one meeting uh, with a potential customer. So cold outreach, different than warm outreach, is they do not know you. Um, so it's a little bit more difficult to uh, to convert sometimes. Yeah, no kidding. And and uh, I just keep thinking about those cold emails that I'm getting. Um, so um, are there certain types of businesses that can use cold email and others where it doesn't make sense or does it matter? In terms of leveraging cold email, anybody should be using it. If you, it's such an X factor. Look, we all need more top of the funnel. Every yeah. single company, I don't care if you're a solo founder, I don't care if you're an artist, I don't care if you have a tech startup, I don't care if you are running a, a Fortune 50 company, everybody needs more top of the funnel. And a great way to get more top of the funnel can be through cold email if you could do it effectively. Um, but the problem is most people just were never trained on how to do it effectively. And if you just build a list, write an email, press send, sit back, wait for the meetings to come, you're going to experience a lot of disappointment. So there's an art to it, but uh, that's a long-winded way of answering your question, Diane. Any company can leverage cold email, even if you're not selling you know, a big high-ticket item where you want to set up a one-on-one sales appointment. Okay, so let's let's dive into that. What are the mistakes people make when they do cold outreach? <laughs> well, so many, but I mean, let's even just start with the list in general. Okay. Now getting, you know, getting a list of how to get contacts, that's not necessarily an easy thing. So what do I mean by that? So you can outsource that. You can use tools to get to scrape contact information off of websites like LinkedIn, for example. You can outsource it to someone where maybe you're paying 10 cents a contact or a dollar, a few dollars a contact. Problem with that, though, is you have to make sure that the contacts are real, accurate, and aren't um, going to end up in uh, and aren't fake email addresses. Because if you email a bunch of bad emails, <laughs> you're going to be in spam. If you go into spam, ah. your whole domain is a mess. The list, the problems go on and on with that. But let's say that your list is great and you're ready to send your emails. In the email specifically, like for me, one of my biggest pet peeves, and Diane, I don't know your big pet peeves with cold email, is when people are gimmicky with me. 
when they try to pull like a bait and switch. So for me, it's always, how do we create a simple, clear subject line in a simple, clear email where it's short, sweet, to the point with a simple call to action? Don't try to be gimmicky. Don't try to pull the wool over my eyes. Don't try to trick me into a meeting. Be clear. Here's the purpose of my email. Here's the problem we solve. Here's our solution. Here's our social proof. Here's the call to action. And if you don't want to hear from me anymore, please let me know and I'll stop reaching out. I love that. I love clear, succinct, you know, shorter is better. People send emails and they tell you the entire life story of their business and no one reads it, right? And I mm-hmm. agree with you about the gimmicky. It's such a turnoff. I, I don't get why people did. Well, they were taught to do it somewhere, but you know. Okay, so now let's flip the script. What are the best tips for doing other other than what you just said? <laughs> what are some yep. other tips? So from from a high level, and I'm I'm always happy to get as nerdy as anybody wants to get with cold email. It's one of those things where it's like you know you, you meet someone at the bar and they say, "What do you do?" I send cold emails, and it's very rare people are excited to talk about email. But I'm <laughs> one of those. I'm probably one of the 17 people on earth that get excited about talking right. about cold email. So happy to get as nerdy as you like, Diane. Um, but uh, so in the most simple sense, number one, we got to have good lists. You got to have good lists. And what do I mean by good lists? I don't mean just that it's an accurate email address. But I also mean, hey, if I sell a software focused on talent acquisition for uh, large companies of over a thousand employees, I do not want to reach out to CEOs of one-person companies. I do not sure. want to reach out to you know salespeople of 50-person companies. So make sure that the list is in alignment with the problem that you solve. That's so great. that's on the that's on the list side of the house. On the email side of the house, I shared, you know. The temp- template that we use for our, our we're sending 250,000 emails every single week across all of our customers. And I just wow. gave everyone the blueprint, purpose, problem, solution, social proof, call to action. We use that for every customer, of course, customized for them, but all of those things should be one sentence to two sentences tops, but an email should really be five to six sentences with a simple, clear call to action. So that's number two. Number three, you got to follow up. Our sequences are nine point email sequences. One main email, eight follow-up emails. So you got to follow up, but you got to follow properly. Don't don't get mad at them for not responding. It's not their response <laughs> to respond. <laughs> I like, do you ever get that where people get mad at you oh, and you, yeah. you don't respond? It's like that's not my job. Like, how are you getting mad at me because I didn't respond to you? Yeah. So in a polite way, our follow-ups are two to three sentences. And part of it is, hey, please let me know if you're not interested and I will stop reaching out to you. So you got to follow up and you got to do it right. And then the last thing I'll mention here is you have to have the systems because if you want to do it right and you're sending, you know, thousands of emails a month, which is what you have to do to get responses. And it doesn't need to take tons and tons of time, but how do you build out the system where it doesn't overtake you? So what are your basic reply templates? You know, if someone says I'm interested, how do you have a simple reply template that says, you know, sounds great. Here's my calendar, blah, blah, blah. If somebody says I'm not interested, how do you have your follow-up email, your, your email to say, hey, thanks for reaching out. I removed you from my contacts. Those type of simple systems to make it easy for, easy for you or a team member to manage the inbox uh, that you built. So I'd say those are the, the four things that come to mind uh, right off the bat. I think those are terrific. And it's so funny, excuse me, you were talking about the list. I was thinking about, I'm a, I'm a one, you know, woman band, right. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many emails I get cold emails. I get about the phone system 
in my business. <laughs> like, I don't have a phone system in my business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do, but come on now, right? <clears throat> this is not a conversation I should be having with anybody. It, it's exactly. ridiculous. Yeah. Well, on that note, yeah. Diane, because it's such a good one. It's like, some people say you need to get very, very personalized. Like you need to say, oh, I saw you went to this college and I love the mascot too. And sure, that stuff can be nice. And maybe that brings a little bit of good, warm energy. But for me, I want to get right to the point. And the way I show you, Diane, if I was to cold email you that I um, value you and I value your time is by getting direct to the point. Here's why I think this should matter to you. And here's the action you could take if you want to discuss this. But that's how I want to respect your time. But part of it is, yeah. hey, if I'm selling a phone system for companies that have 20 or more employees, why am I reaching out to a solo founder and wasting their time right. and their energy? Right. Because it is obvious you did not do any homework at all, because mm-hmm. that would have been a pretty easy one. Right. I mean, even on LinkedIn, it would say, well, I don't know if it says less than one, but, or, you know, less than two, well, but. Yeah, it'll say it'll yeah, for sure. It'll say, you know, less than three employees or or uh one employee. Cause when when we get lists, we know how many employees every company has. It oh, might be off by a little bit, but there's no excuse. If you're getting good data to to waste someone's time like yours with a, a phone system that's not meant for a company like yours. Right. Right. Um okay. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um How do I want to ask this question? Uh, are there better places to get lists than others? You know, like h- how do you go about getting that list? A lot of people sell them. I get those emails too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always be wary of that. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm a little bit biased. I admit we are a really <laughs> good place to get lists. Um, so of course. I'm a little bit biased. But if you go on Upwork, you know, you can find plenty of people that can do lists for you. I've been through a lot of them before I hired them to be full-time with me because I saw a lot of the poor quality that can be out there. And sometimes when you're buying these massive lists in bulk, like I had a company um, that we work with, they're selling, a, they have, a, they created a faith-based movie and they sell into churches, pastors and priests, and they purchased a um, this list before they started working with us. And then when we started working together, they're like, can you take a look at the list? It was 80% of the list didn't even have emails attached to it. And then Ooh. the the other probably 18% had like info at, and then the church, which is not a good Ooh. email to get. Yeah. And then, you know, the other 2%, maybe it was real pastors and priests, but I would probably guess it was not accurate information. So it's like, if you did that outreach to that list, you are going to end up in what I call spam jail like that, because it's a crappy list. So be wary of the list. There's tools you can use to verify contacts, all that stuff. But I... I'd be remiss if I didn't say, if you're looking for a list, just contact me and I'll get it for you at a good price, I promise. And it'll be a good list. Well, seriously, it is such a big problem. And and I didn't realize that it's not just about like wasting your time and your money, but that you could really get yourself in a lot of trouble with not then being able to email the people who you want to really be getting in front of. Diane, we built a part of our business. It's called like the email deliverability, where we'll help with email deliverability and we'll help rescue domains. Because we had a company reach out to me and they said, hey, Adam, we sent about 60,000 emails. Now, every single email that our company sends, proposals, anything, are going into spam. You got to help us. Wow. 
And we had to fix their entire domain, set everything up for them. And now we we monitor everything every month for them because they're they're very worried now um, about them in the future, which they should be. But if you put the systems in place, it's it, you don't you don't have to worry about it. We're sending again a lot of emails, more emails yeah. than anyone else is probably sending. We have no spam issues. So wow. yeah, the email deliverability is huge. And we only created it for our business as a as a as a uh as a part of our business model because we had it, the first company was like, hey, we're we're SOL, yeah. can you help? Yeah, it, it is it, that I can see that being a huge, huge problem. Welcome, change agents, to your go to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission, that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. So you mentioned that it's like a nine email sequence, Uh, you know, the first one being the main one and then the follow-ups. Is there a, I'm assuming, and I probably shouldn't assume, but like there's a method to nine, you know, that there's some sort of logic behind that or is is it, I mean, you know, what's happening there? What are you finding, I guess, would be the best question. I wish I had this really great scientific data (laughs) reason why it was nine, but the truth is, Diane, the reason it was nine to start was because the software that we used, the most you could do was nine. Total email. So that's where we where we did our nine. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so there's no good data behind why we chose nine, but we do have good data on when people respond to meetings, which is interesting. So uh, I'll get a little nerdy with the stats. So if you don't, if you only send one email, you're missing out on 83% of the meetings you could be getting if you followed up. It wow. takes on average 3.2 emails to get one successful meeting booked. And I believe the last time I checked, it was around 11% of our meetings were booked on the eighth follow-up. And now, Diane, we're actually going back to those same people we reached out to where if they never responded, we'll follow up now with 10th, 11th, you know, we'll just keep following up too. And we're seeing really good results from follow-ups even later than that too. So there was no reason at all why we chose nine other than that was what our software allowed us to do in the beginning. (laughs) Um, So that's, that's probably a bad answer to, but the real no, answer it to your question. It's a great answer because it's the truth. I love it. And I find this so interesting that then you're going back and still getting responses from people, you know, after I'm imagining there's like a lag of time there and then you're revisiting it. 
Exactly. And I, I net well, my, my co-founder, his part of the business is he's uh, all on the client success side. He's writing every email he's sending. And when he first told me, Hey, Adam, we're going to follow up again with some of these older contacts that never responded. I was like, really, you think that's going to work? And it was actually not like a grand slam. Sure. It's not like the response rate is amazing, but those are, that's money on the table for customers. That's meat on the bone. And it's like, Hey, until they say no, let's keep following yeah. up and do it in the right way. And we're getting a lot of meetings booked for customers um, on now the 10th follow-up, 11th, 15th follow-up. So I was surprised um, and pleasantly surprised about it. Yeah, no kidding. And I love those statistics because I think that's part of what I think small business owners need to hear is you know what really are the, the numbers behind email? Because that's what I, that's the question I get all the time from people. How many times should I follow up, right? How many emails should I be sending? I mean, they're probably sending the wrong kind to begin with, but let's say they're sending really fabulous emails. They still don't know how, you know, what that should be. So that's tremendously valuable. Um, uh, I was just going to ask you another question. So, and, and is there, like, you know, like a time span between the follow-up emails? Yeah, great question. So it it depends on which follow-up we're on, but it's as tight as like two days. Um, And then some follow-ups would be like a week later. Um, But the the tightest we'll typically do is is two days. Okay. Okay. And is there, so um, your system, I I'm imagining applies to any business, any size business, right? We already talked about it. it really doesn't matter the industry that you're in, that this is the thing to do. Um, but do you think it matters how many emails you want to be sending? Like, is there a threshold for that? Yeah, it depends on how big your you know universe quote unquote is a potential customer. So if you only have like okay. twenty potential customers, you want to be you know of course very strategic with that. But for most yeah. companies, there's at the very least hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of sure. thousands of potential customers. And look, we're all so busy. We'll see <laughs> emails. We'll want, we want to respond. Forget about it. Move on. Um, and even if we do respond to an email or we do get an email, there's so much stuff going on in our life. So as long as people are respectful, the follow, I get so many compliments on follow-ups. Sure, there's people sometimes that say, hey, go kick rocks, you're the worst. And that's just yeah. gonna happen. But what you realize, and it's one of the keys actually of cold email in general, is it does test your gut. Because typically if you put up a billboard, right? And you don't know what people say. There might be people that drive by and say, that's the greatest billboard ever. You might have people that drive by and give you the middle finger. You don't know. <laughs> but with cold emails, sometimes people just want to take their bad day out on you and that's okay. So you do have to have a little bit of a stomach to handle yeah. it, of course. Um, but no, as long as you do this stuff right, people will appreciate it. Um, we have hundreds at this point of people that book meetings and we're like, thank you so much for your persistence. I really appreciate it. And they're genuine about it. Cause if you do it yeah. right, if you do it respectfully, 95 to 99.9% of people are going to be like, Hey, I respect you. You're trying to grow your business just like anybody else is. And yeah. you're doing it in the right way. Right. Exactly. That really is uh, the, the key to it. And let's talk about if you're selling, <clears throat> if you're reaching out to the C-suite, because do they even see their emails or is it their assistant or you know someone else who's looking at them? Sometimes it's the assistants, but 
one of my uh, one of my favorite things to do for our customers is reach out to the C-suite. So I had a tech startup for about five years. I sold it back in 2019. And we had a, pretty much every customer we got, Bank of America, Amazon, Apple, all came through cold email. One of those customers we got, MasterCard, was from cold email and now their former CEO, Ajay Banga, who was generous enough to get on multiple phone calls with us, passed us to his chief human resources officer. They purchased our product. So the C-suite is an amazing angle for companies. Wow. Like we'll do that with some of our startups. We call it like the advice route. And it's asking for advice on, hey, I'm a, I'm a new founder or I'm a young founder or whatever it is. And I'm looking to get advice on this topic. Would you be open to a 15 minute call so I can pick your brain on a few things? It's an amazing way to meet, uh, you know, very high profile people. Yeah. Two, you know, amazing learnings, of course. But three, it's such a good soft sell because if you connect with them, they see the value, they'll want to help you. So as long as you don't go into that meeting trying to hard sell them, it's a great way to develop relationships. That can be an amazing avenue to get sales. But no, the C-suite I found sometimes is better at responding to emails than you know uh, an entry-level position. Wow, that is great information. That's fascinating. So you said um, the advice route. So what are some of the creative ways to use cold email to actually get a response? So... Um, in terms of what to write or in terms of like different verticals that, that people can take to grow their business? Well, one and then the other. <laughs> okay. So like creative angles we'll take will be like the advice route's a good route. So that's one way it's, hey, new CEO or new founder or anyone who's, you know, young, maybe right out of college or 20s, 30s, whatever, like, hey, young founder seeking advice. Um, and then your whole email is, here's what I built. Here's what I'm looking to learn from you. Would you be open to a 15 minute call? So that's one route you can take. But for us, it's always just about being clear. Just don't be gimmicky, be simple, be clear. So that's in terms of like writing the emails. But in terms of angles, and this is why I say it can work for any business. Like, of course, if you're, you know, selling a product that's 10K a year, 100K a year, million dollars, it's a lot easier to justify it because that's a high ticket item. But maybe you're selling a B2C product. And you're like, how can I leverage cold email? Well, can you reach out to influencers? We've worked with companies that have wanted to reach out to influencers to maybe share um, uh, to their network about whatever that company is offering. So you can reach out yeah. to influencers. Uh, you can reach out to podcast hosts. How we got connected, Diane, I, I emailed you and then you were gracious enough to respond. And now I'm on the podcast. So you can get on podcasts. You can reach out to press outlets. So maybe you want to get featured in uh, your local press. You can reach out to different press outlets. Um, of course, to uh, new business, you can reach out to if you're selling more to, to, to businesses, you can reach out to them. So there are so many different angles. And all it is, is person A wants to get connected to person B. There's many different ways to get from person A to person B. One of those ways is cold email. Too many people neglect it. Oh, no kidding. Well, they either neglect it or they do it really poorly, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's one or the other. Yeah, this is this is fascinating to me because um, I've spent years saying, please do not prospect by email. So, mm -hmm. you know, like doing workshops on that subject. And I think it's because people do it so poorly that... Yep. You know, it goes into spam, it gets deleted instantly, you know, that there's just no. So this is very interesting for me. It's a very different uh, way of looking at it. And as you have been talking about this, I've been thinking about the emails that I get that I actually open and respond to. 
And you're right. They're clear to the, to the point. They're relevant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not that uh, it doesn't work. It's just that um, people are just, they're, they're just not getting it. Yeah, there's an there's an art to it that needs to be respected. And we all yeah. so many of us think, and I did in the beginning when I when I first got into, you know, when I was first starting my my initial tech startup, like you, know, you just write an email, you press send, you wait yeah. back, come. There's a lot that goes into it. And we see it with our business every day. It's like there's we're spending all day, you know, every day thinking about it, working on it, building it. Obviously, no one else can do that. They have to spend time building their own business and all the other right. stuff going on. So I don't blame people that aren't good at it, but I, the people I do blame and I get frustrated with, even though they are good for my business, are the people that have similar businesses to mine that yeah. overpromise, underdeliver, and uh-huh. give the industry a bad reputation. And I've dealt with those people sure. in the past during my previous company, and I hear horror stories all the time. And it's created a lot of trust issues, which rightfully yeah. so, because so many people have been burned by companies like mine. And um, I forgot who said this. It was either a mentor or I don't remember exactly who it was, but he said one of the the one of the um one of the goals for every entrepreneur should be to move their industry forward and to leave it in oh. a better spot than when they got there. And yeah. that's something that, yeah, it's something that my co-founder and I take very seriously. And yeah. I get frustrated when I hear about bad experiences, but it's also a huge opportunity for me to not fall into that same trap that so many others in my space have. Yeah, that's a great point. Good for you. That's I love that sentiment about leaving your industry in a better place. I think that's absolutely true. And I think, you know, your outlook, you and your co-founder's outlook is exactly the way the way to go. So, you know, Adam, I love this information. I, I so appreciate you geeking out on us and sharing all this information. I, I think it's just been tremendously valuable for the listeners. So thank you so much. Will you tell the listeners how they can find you and your company, please? Yeah, thanks, Diane. So you can check our website out at eocworks.com. Uh, my email is adam at eocworks.com. And then on most social media, I'm at Adam I. Rosen. I'm most active on Instagram and LinkedIn. Excellent. Thank you. I will make sure that that information is in the show notes. And I encourage our listeners to check it out uh, because I think there's an awful lot there that can present real opportunities for them. So again, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Yeah. Thank you, Diane. And thank you to everyone uh, that tuned in. I hope to uh, connect with each of you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, 
astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you wanna learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life. We've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.